And welcome back to Music City Gold. I'm your host, Kyle. With me again this week, as always, are my co-hosts, Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. Did you guys go see the Equipus? The Equips. <laughs> <laughs> the Equips. Oh, we're keeping it. <laughs> oh, Kyle. <Ooh. laughs> They're the done to charm. <laughs> <laughs> bring your daughter to work day. <laughs> well, yep. Not the Equips, the Eclipse. I saw I have a lisp. Ooh, we're starting this episode off right. Yes, I actually did go see the Eclipse. Um, got a little time off work. Did you burn your eyes? No, I did not. Even though my glasses said the intended use was actually for only three minutes of prolonged looking and viewing pleasure of the sun. So kind of looked on and off. And then once totality hit, you know, that's when you really burn your eyeballs and stare at it. What about you? Uh, yeah, I went outside and saw it. Uh, you know, everybody was talking about it. it. Seemed to be the thing, but I was not impressed. You didn't even see it during totality. Oh yeah, I did. I went outside and saw it during you, totality. You weren't impressed with like a. Once I mean, the in totality was pretty cool. Still wasn't impressed. I mean, I mean, at least you guys got to see it. I work in downtown Nashville, and when it happened, um, I work uh right off a uh, fifth. And so I had my glasses, which, by the way, did not come with a warning. So and everybody around me was like, is it happening? Is it happening? I was like, yeah. So they came and stared at the sun a little bit. So me and some guys went out to uh, the parking lot next to the library and watched the eclipse. And right when it got to totality, the cloud slid the Passover. So we saw it get dark, the cloud left, and totality ended. So the cloud eclipsed the eclipse? Yes. Mm. However, though, it was pretty cool seeing it get dark before it was supposed to. I mean, we didn't have any animals come out, but... Yeah, we, we had, like, the cicadas started chirping and everything, that weird sound they made. It was it was a little creepy for a little while, but you see the possums come out, and then they're like, oh, crap, here it is again. It's daylight. But. Yeah, one of my uh, coworkers said his wife called him and said that the bats around their area were coming out, flying around. I said, well, I guess that's kind of batty. I was thinking about saying that, but I didn't. He promptly shunned me and didn't talk to me the rest of the day. Rightfully so. Well, speaking about batty things, y'all see wow. what I did there? Wow. If you didn't hear the news, our broadcast team has got a uh, got a redo. So our favorite color analyst, Stu Grimson, is no longer with the uh, broadcast team. Hashtag no more pickle poke. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> you know, Daniel, when I, when I read the news about that on Twitter... My first thought was of you because I know how much love you have for him. Here's the deal, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take one of my coworkers, Taylor. This is a big shout out to you. He says it pretty much spot on every time. He has a few sayings that he just goes to. Pickle pokes one of them. Big finish netminder. <laughs> how many times does he say that during a game? He says it quite a bit. Probably actually, like, I mean five to ten times a game. It's not that he's a terrible analyst. It's just he has his very specific sayings, and he just kind of hits it too frequently. But I mean, every we person, all do. We every all person do. has their their words. I mean, with us just doing this podcast, when I go back and do the editing for it, I do hear that we all have our own words we say a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely hear it. They're special. They're real special. Yeah, I, I criticize us when we say one thing too many times in a row or too many times in an episode. We all have our little catchphrases. For the listeners out there, Matt sends us a detailed essay after every single episode of critiques. Which I promptly ignore. <laughs> <laughs> no, we take them to heart, but we try to get feedback from y'all as much as possible. So so did you hear who's going to take over as a color analyst? Who, Kyle? Well, let Matt guess. You're giving me a dumb look over here. Um, Is it... Mike Milbury? (laughs) Wrong. You want to try again? No. Tell us who it is, Kyle. It's Chris Mason, a former goalie of the Preds. All-around good guy. is the new color analyst. Awesome. Pretty excited about that, actually. I think he's going to do quite well. There's also a couple more changes going on as well. Uh, Lindsey Raleigh is going to be joining, uh, let's see, Crispy, doing the home and hosting of the reporting on the road. And because she's going to be away from doing a home rinkside, we also brought in Kara Hammer to be our new uh, rinkside reporter for home games. I actually don't know what she looks like. I haven't re- really even heard of her before, so I'm interested to see how that turns out on Fox Sports South this year. 
Yeah, it'll be different seeing a new face, but it's exciting. It's good, you know, just like the team rebuilds, you know, sometimes you got to rebuild the broadcast team too. I think it was a much needed addition, though. I mean, you think about it, every so many years, most broadcasting teams do kind of change it up a little bit just to keep it fresh and relevant. Yeah, so sure. And bringing in a former player also will help big time. That is true. So, talking about rebuilds. So, last week we talked about um, former Preds goalie Merrick Masnick going over to the KHL. Played his first, from what I understood, first game with his new team and pretty much got lit up. Yeah, in his first game, he got lit up with uh, seven goals against. That's right. So it made his save percentage .81. .81, so how many shots? uh, 36, 37? That's, yeah, 37, yeah. I guess I don't know if I have it. Yeah, I got it. 37 uh, shots against. Yeah, use your mind. Use your math skills. Math. I has. Math it hard. So it just makes you wonder. Now, obviously, it's one game. It's hard to really tell. This could be just his first actual game in the KHL, not used to the transition back from North American ice to uh, European, Asian ice. Um, but I hope that's just a fluke. Like, I would hate for that to become a running thing that he just is not that good of a professional-level goalie. I, I want to say it's just a small sample size, kind of like attributing some of the factors that you just stated. But it's just interesting to to see him struggle that hard coming out on, on the first time in, in the KHL because – I don't even think he really did that bad in the NHL. I mean, he, he had at least better stats than that in the NHL, and the AHL for sure, he was a much better keeper than that. And it's kind of sad to see, and hopefully that doesn't uh, keep up and he can recover from that rough first outing because I, I don't want to see him like drop out of the sport altogether. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's still a small sample size. It's only his first game, and – like you made mention, it's it's a different style, different ice even, and even in the KHL, they play more of a east to west style game than than as opposed to the north and south style they play here. So it's, it's still a small sample size, so you really can't quite tell. And even it takes some time. I'm sure more than one game to get adjusted to that because we talk about players who come up through the AHL and as they get adjusted in the first year of playing for uh, for the NHL, usually they have some adjusting period you know you just look at the difference between Connor McDavid his rookie season and then this year he had more than double his point production so it takes some time to get adjusted I totally agree but do you know who also went to the KHL here recently and just started lighting it up oh yeah who is it Kyle Eli Tolvin yeah so the other night he had a hat trick and I'm pretty sure he's the youngest player in KHL history that's right. To, to record a hat trick. And let me tell you, if you haven't seen those goals, go look them up online. Oh, yeah. They're snipes. They're I mean, awesome. Maybe not on the NHL level. Maybe not all of them go in. But let me tell you, the placement is there. And if you keep doing that consistently, even on the NHL level, you're getting goals because well, they, they were snipes. Well, he's 18 years old, and he ain't playing on no uh, chump team either. The KHL's professional. I so. know. Yeah, he's playing for Jokerit. Yeah. So that's nothing to laugh at, and he is sniping him. He looks incredible. And the crazy part is, like you said, he's 18. He is 18 years old, and I don't know how he slid to us in the draft. Like, yeah. let's, let's not talk about, you know, what was he projected? I think he was projected top five the year before. Yeah, five or so. And then because, I guess, he waited another year, his defensive skills didn't look good enough, he slips to like 20. 20? Are you kidding? I and think we, we got I, him at like 30th. Yeah, was it thirtieth? Thirtieth, farther down. They said he slid because of their some of his game had maybe had some shortcomings and his attitude. It wasn't quite as mature yet, or some different various things. The reason why he slid down, but they said the biggest issue was because of the his defense. But we've taken a gamble on players like that before. Look at Philip Forsberg. They didn't say he had good defense either. That I mean, that was a little complaint for the Washington Capitals. Well, look at how that trade turned out. Yeah, I guarantee you, the Washington Capitals would want Philip Forsberg back. For sure. But we were able to farm him and build up his defense. And now Forsberg actually has some great defensive plays. So I, I'm not saying he comes to the team this year. Yeah, probably not. But if he keeps that up, track record, I mean, if we get some injuries and there's a spot needed, you might see his number called much sooner than we actually thought because he is looking really good right now. Yeah, you talk about track record for him. 
I did a little bit of research on him. His last two years, he played in the USHL for Sioux City Musketeers. In his first year, he uh, played 49 games and had 38 points. And then his second year, he played 52 games and had 54 points. That's incredible. So he is just... Point a game? Yeah, that's That's, that's awesome. amazing. And yeah. he's not even in his prime yet. Right, exactly. He's still got, what, eight more years till he hits his prime? 25, 26, he's only 18? Yeah, you, it's incredible. Do you think when he makes the jump to the NHL and the Preds, uh, not only would that give us a huge superstar off the bat, you think the... Uh, they might start trying to treat him kind of like Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. I don't think the organization treated is going to treat him like that. I don't mean the organization. I mean the NHL as a whole. I, I don't see it just well, because no. he's not a number one or two pick. Yeah, he, he didn't get wasn't, picked high enough to be. He, he wasn't destined to be that role. But that doesn't mean he can't be that role. Sure. That doesn't mean he can't outperform what they thought he was going to do. One reason why he slipped to us. But... I actually think he's going to be amazing for our power play because you got to see other teams with snipers like that. It's incredible. Like the cycle happens, they get to them open. And if you have great placement like that, especially like those three goals in the KHL, we saw how he has great stick control, great accuracy. That is key on the power play when you have that open shot where you can can go for the snipe. And I think that'll be where he is most useful for us going forward. Yeah, I don't really like crowning people the next, you know, Gretzky, like how they do people coming up, oh, he's the next so-and-so. I don't really like to do that, but it's nice to make comparisons just to see where their play style is and, and where they're going to look like. And people are saying he's kind of like the finished version of Vladimir Tarasenko. He's got, he mimics his play style. So he does. If, if you're taking that as your model going forward, then you've got great things to look forward to. That's awesome. Also, Tarasenko is all in our top five, so I think we all agree that we would like to have a Tarasenko-esque player on our team. I just like saying Tarasenko. Yeah, Tarasenko-esque. Got a good hockey name. I know. He's a pretty good player. I like him. He makes the Blues pretty pretty good. But you know what team I hate more than anything? I hate hate the Avalanche. (laughs) It's not Chicago? I thought the Avalanche. I thought you were going to hate Chicago more than them. I mean, I hate Chicago. But Chicago's a good team. Colorado's just a bad team. That's Did you true. see the meme going around? Well, it's been going around like different things. It's a picture of a guy and a girl walking down the street. <laughs> and there's a girl walking towards the uh, person. She's got a smile on her face. And um, the girl who's walking towards you says Matt Duchesne. And the uh, guy looking back at the girl, looking at the quote Matt Duchesne, says Joe Sackick. And the girl that's looking at him that's supposed to be his girlfriend and got the look of disgust on her face is all the teams that have tried to make decent, compelling offers. <laughs> Nashville being one with <laughs> right. the Islanders. Yeah. Which is surprisingly that, you know, the Islanders have got that much to give up for him. But I can see why. They need help. And do the Preds need help? I wouldn't necessarily say they need help because of the great season they had. I think they're in a great position. You know, you got Nick Benino coming in and everything. But gosh, man, the Avalanche just suck. I mean, I work with a guy who is an Avalanche fan. He's from Denver, and he remembers the glory days of the Avalanche. And he's just like, I don't know what happened to my team. He's like, it just seems like they just can't get it together. I mean, historically, though, they were pretty good there for a while. I mean, Mac can attest oh, to yeah. this because that was the big rivalry, like 90s era. Oh, my goodness, the Avalanche and the Red Wings blood Some of the bat. best teams, for sure. Some of the best fights you'll ever see. I'm talking like goalie-on-goalie goalie action. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw a couple the of those pads, videos. blood everywhere on the ice. Did you see that one I tweeted uh, maybe last week? It was like one of the best fights in history. It was like almost black and white. The video quality was terrible, but the fight was so epic. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Fantastic. So that's what I – I miss that uh, rivalry between uh, – you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. They had uh, a couple years ago, uh, Brendan Shanahan served as the uh, – player safety committee he was on it and uh the one who would hand out the suspensions for players who had uh you know really egregious uh hits or uh whatever it was and it's because he played in both the old school uh system you meant uh, you mentioned where uh the fights were different just the play style was different and then the newer school style which is which is a little more conservative so they had him serve as that the guy who doled out the suspensions because he played under both systems so i know we talked about colorado for a second being a bad team 
Um, what are the other teams that you think that are considered bad? And if it's a bad team, would you want to be that team? Florida best? Panthers. Didn't get the question out. You've already got the <laughs> Florida Panthers. Would you want to be the best player on the Florida Panthers team being that bad? So what is this? A would you rather question, Kyle? Yes, it is. All right. So I wouldn't want to be on the Panthers. That's for darn sure. I wouldn't want to be on several teams. I think that goes back to our top five list of teams that we did not want to play for. But Go ahead, man. Was Panthers on your team? I don't uh, remember that. I believe so. Yes, I can check right now. Look at this. I got notes right here from previous episodes. Go ahead, Matt. So while I'm looking up the would you rather? It's would you rather be a great player playing on a bad team or be a bad player on a great team? Is that what you're going for? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Okay. I, if I had to make a comparison to that, I would say uh, a bad player on a good team. You would take maybe say Jordan Tutu on the Blackhawks or a Good player on a bad team, Taylor Hall in the Devils. I'll take Taylor Hall because not everyone's a fan of Jordan Tutu going to the Blackhawks. Why? Why aren't they a fan of it? Because he used to be on our team. He used to be on 100 teams. He used to play on the Avalanche back in the day when he was <laughs> yeah. actually good. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I would rather be the good player because I stand out. But it would be really frustrating to play for a team that loses all the time. I'm just going to say this. How, how do you think Ovi feels? Well, I don't know if that's a fair comparison. Ironically enough, they're a good team. Yeah, they're a good would team. That, would, they're a great would team. Would that suck even more, though? They just can't finish. Could you imagine that? that I think that's the worst. What, yeah, about being, you get, what about being a good player or the best player on a good team and still not being able to finish? Yeah, that might, that might be, be the worst. I think that's like the, the crossover. But to answer your question, I think I would rather be a bad player oh. on the best team Note, I said bad player, not the worst player on the team. So <laughs> I'm still not the worst. But guess what? I'm getting a championship right, ring every right. year. I say, so this season you were on the Penguins. I was on the Penguins last year, too. So I got two rings, <laughs> but I'm still not the worst player on the team. <laughs> Speaking of Penguins, based on their offseason moves, and pretty much they just had like a tire fire of people leaving, uh, do you think they can three-peat? Well, that's what everyone wants to see. What? Who wants to see that? Uh, the historical like junkies out there, you know, people want to see the three P. The uh, the NHL wants to see the three P. Yeah, they. For Let sure me do. tell you that, because do you know what that does for them? Oh yeah, that's their machine right now. Their yeah. advertising machine, the three P, the three P. I'm sorry, correction. The fans probably every fan outside of Pittsburgh, including Philadelphia, and for darn sure they do not want to see. The Penguins, but the NHL as a network or as a whole, yeah, yeah. I think if the uh, if the Penguins three peat, I think uh, the Flyer uh, fans will go and burn the city burn, down, burn it down. Yeah, I'm definitely not pushing for that. So one of the guys, I don't that, want it, uh, and I don't think it's probable either. Even the last team to to do two in a row was uh, ten years ago. Before Detroit, yeah, it was Detroit. Was it ten or twenty? It was a nice round number. I can't it was remember. right before the salary I think cap it was era. Twenty, twenty years ago, yeah. and it was Detroit. Right so, before the salary cap era, right. the Penguins were the first team in the salary cap era to repeat. Now, three peat. I just don't see it happening. I, I think one, they have their target is so high on them right now. I mean, if you win a championship, every team marks you pretty high the next year. But now you're the two-time champion, and no one's three-peated inside the salary cap era. You better, you better watch it. Yeah, and you know Washington definitely wants a piece of it this year. So I'd be doing some cross-checking, maybe uh, getting a little few injuries on them, knock them down a peg. Is that too dirty? Uh, maybe that's the kind of player I would be. That's that's uh, more the Mike Milbury way. But, you would you know. probably serve a lot of time in the penalty box. Yeah, probably so. I can see if you played hockey, Matt. If you played D League or D League hockey, I can see you in the box constantly. Oh yeah. We'll call it Matt's box. Now, speaking of would you rather questions, I have another good one here. Would you rather have the pressure of being a coach or being the general manager on a team? Mm. I think I'd be general manager. Why? Because I don't have to really honestly interact with the players that much. <laughs> Antisocial is that why you chose email for a living, Kyle? That's, I mean, I'm wow. a, <laughs> I'm a social. Okay, so I'm a social person just because I work in email. But I know a lot of the current GMs are players that were. Some of them were a lot of players. Joe Sackett, for example, was a player. Uh, David Poyle, for example, was not a player. 
Steve Eisenman. Correct. And so I believe that if I was a player, I think I'd want to be a coach more. But if I wasn't a player, I'd be a GM. I, I think personally for me, I would lean more towards the general manager position because I like more the business aspect. That's just me personally. Yeah. I like I like formulating the trades and trying to figure out the best deal and trying to figure out, you know, oh, who's going here? Who's going here? What do we need to do? I like how that all fits together. Um, and I think personally my my personality wouldn't mesh as a coach. Uh, so most coaches are pretty close to the vest. They're very stoic. NHL coaches anyways. Um, I mean, look at Lavi. I mean, his press conferences are just like, well, yep, we did this. Great night, guys. Yeah, they don't want to give out too much information. That was, that was a really special performance. <laughs> crowd was really special. Um, and I think a lot of the GMs now are starting to go towards more as the stats community. I'm going to butcher his name, but the uh, the NHL uh, GM for the Arizona, Arizona well, I even butchered the team. <laughs> the Eclipse. Arizona, yes, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, John Chaka. I know I've mispronounced his name wrong, so I know Matt's giving me the look, but I know he's a very analytics-driven person, so it seems like some teams, their GMs are starting to become analytics-driven. Panthers, for example, was the running joke last season was Computer Boys, and they, of course, did terrible. And Arizona did as well. I think that's part of the reason why I don't think you will in the future see maybe a lot of GMs become players, because a lot of them really don't, from what I understand, and I could be completely dead wrong, a lot of them don't care for stats. They just play. That's why I think some players make better coaches than they would a GM. I think it's a healthy mixture of knowing what stats are relevant and what stats are key to building a team and not just going all out crazy with statistics. I've taken several statistic courses, so and, and there is valuable information in the statistics, but sometimes you just have to have an eye for it too. And you have to have, uh, I don't want to say the, um, what's the word, um, almost intuition rather, but some GMs do. And you can tell that with like David Poyle, he, he knows a good deal and he knows the best deal for our team and he knows what's the best fit. That might not be a stat that can be quantified. Say a play, like PK, look at PK in Montreal. His personality did not fit in there. Does right. his personality fit in Nashville better? Yes. For sure. Is that a stat? No, but that's something you have to, like I said, I think it's a nice combination, and I think the best GMs take into consideration the stats and also some of like the things that are unquantifiable. The intangibles. Yeah, the intangibles that you can't put into a stat. Like You can't look at an Excel spreadsheet and be like, oh, okay, that number jumps out at me. Right. Well, you mentioned some of the GMs have strengths and weaknesses based on what their professions have been in the past. And so a good GM, I'm sure, if he's weak in a particular area, he has different advisors that are stronger oh, in, these other, in these other areas to help supplement that. So, Well, that's just like a good business. Right. I mean, any good business owner or like CEO surrounds himself with people that fill in the gaps for him and get the job done. Exactly. So I think we're doing that well here. Um, in Nashville, and I think also Poyle does take into consideration some of those, you know, the combination factors that I, I talked about briefly. So, Well, uh, speaking of uh, GM moves and, and different moves you make, uh, one of the moves that happened during the offseason was that James Neal went to Vegas. So speaking of their situation, do you think that James Neal will be Vegas's first captain? Um, no. No? I, I think he could be. Why, Kyle? Because I'm going to state my reason after you're done. Go ahead. This is going to tally. This is not the real reason why, but it's the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> I think George McPhee will do it just to stick a stick the point into David Poyle. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could see that from the Washington trade, but I don't think James is going to be there long enough. I mean, if you think about his contract that they, they've taken from the Preds, he really only has another year, and then I really think they're going to be putting him out there again to try to get either another draft pick or another player. Would would be really hilarious if he, if he somehow ends up back at the Preds, because I mean, technically that could happen. I mean, that might be a long shot, but like I said, his contract will be up in a year or so, and then it'll be time to be back on the on the market, or they might try to get him 
out middle of the uh, middle of the season for a team that's looking for a playoff run player to pick up Neal for a draft pick or you know conditional trade. So I, I could see that happening, and that's why I don't think he gets the captain captaincy. Okay. Well, the big reason why people say the pro for having James Neal as your captain is because he is being long tenured with the NHL. He's got experience. He actually he wore the alternate for Nashville. Do you have anybody, if not James Neal, do you happen to have anybody off the top of your head who you think would take that place rather than him? Not off the top of my head. And I will agree that having the alternate in Nashville, and he does have probably arguably the most experience, but that's why I was saying on my point, I don't think he's going to be there long enough. That kind of goes back to to the whole um, PK thing where people are like, oh, well, PK would be a great fit for a captain, but he hasn't been here long enough. And I don't think Neal will be there long. I mean, they could give it to him for one year. I mean, currently looking at the Vegas roster, the only people off the top of my head that I even know or would have paid attention to, uh, Brad Hunt, who of course came from us, uh, Shea Theodore, and Nate Schmidt. Well, yeah, I kind of did a quick list, uh, a look at their roster too. Like you said, a lot of them are nobodies. That's why they got shipped away anyway. So a lot of them aren't really household names. If you look at their salary, I looked at uh, Cap Friendly. The only person, James Neal's on a one-year contract for five mil. Um, the only person who they're paying more is a guy named David Clarkson, who I'm not particularly familiar with. He's on a three-year deal for five and a quarter mil uh, for three years. And the reason you probably haven't heard of him is because he didn't even play at all last year due to a back injury. And the two years before that, the year before last year, he only played 23 games. And the year before that, he only played three games. So in the last three years, He's only played 26 games, and you're paying him above $5 million a year? I don't know if I could put that much faith and trust in a guy that uh, just hasn't played that much lately. I don't know. He might be a dud. You just don't know. Well, Matt, you know who I hope is not a dud this season? Who's that? Nick Menino. Picked him up, you know, going to be our new, what I believe to be our second-line center. As much as I love Mike Fisher, I believe he made the right decision to – retire and I think Benino will do better this season what do you think so you're saying a Benino will be an upgrade from Fisher correct yes I think right. he will be I you know I have to agree because Fisher did well points wise last year I mean especially for an old guy but you got to consider his age tapering off towards the end of your you know 17 years viable in yeah vi there's a there's a range of viable seasons and we kind of knew that, yeah, if he played one or two more years, he would have probably done decent points production, but that last year could have been rough for him. So that said, I think upgrading to a center who showed great potential behind Malkin and Crosby yeah. played better when Malkin was out, actually. So when he got more ice time, Benino actually scored more and had more assists and just overall points when he got the time. So he's coming to Nashville. He's bringing some of that... Penguins championship vibe. He's got great playoff experience. I mean, look at that. You got to get a player who just won two championships. I know looking at his stats from last season for the 16-17 season, uh, he had 18 goals, 19 assists for 37 points. And um, one of them, ironic, was a game-winning goal. I don't remember which game it was. But it's nice to see, you know, when a player scores a goal, that it's you know, it feels good that your goal is the one that won the game. Compare that to uh, Fisher's stats for last season, which is, you know, he's got tons of stats, but his stats for last season was um, he had 18 goals, uh, 24 assists for 42 points, and did not, I'm sorry, had three uh, game-winning goals. He actually played less games than Benino, but we got Benino for $300,000 cheaper. So both of you guys think Benino is going to be an upgrade from Fisher? Yep. Yes. Well, I guess you're going to disagree. There's no way you can disagree. I've, after I've changed every... my mind on it. I, yeah. I, it was. I'm very hot on Benino. I like him. I, you know, I, I liked him. I liked him to shine in the Penguins, even sitting behind Crosby and Malkin and, and their and their ilk. But I wouldn't say it's an upgrade. I say it was a necessary replacement. Slot filming, yeah. Necessary replacement. It'll be very seamless because they're very comparable. You mentioned. Uh, here's one thing to consider. We haven't talked about yet. Is that. Benino is eight years younger than Fisher. Yep. Fisher played eight less games than he did and still scored more points being eight years older and playing less games. It's that grit. <laughs> yeah. But Fisher got more, he got paid more money. 
So by the stats, you would think Fisher is better. Now he's on decline, so over the next two or three years, obviously they would go down. Yeah, long term, the Benino thing, yes, uh, Benino is better than Fisher at this moment as a replacement. But I will argue, to your point, there are some things that Benino will not bring as an upgrade, and that is the captain, like it's it's those intangible captain qualities that Fisher had. We can't deny that Fisher was a great locker room leader on and off the ice too because he does a lot of stuff in the national community too so that is interesting to note that yes you are losing your captain let's not it's not just a center it's a captain as well i just can't believe both of you guys went out and said that bonino is an upgrade from your captain mike fisher i intentionally he's not a captain anymore well, well, who was your captain so we can't be so we don't have to be biased anymore well i was intentionally gonna i thought that would be a hot uh like a hot wound there. I wouldn't want to pour salt in it. You know, you're just saying this guy, you out with the bathwater with Fisher and in comes your your new golden boy. You like him even more? The man just retired. So he's no longer playing hockey. Nick Menino is now an upgrade to somebody have, who's now retired. We have to move on. He's a good player, but... It, it's exactly what happened when people got upset that Shea Weber got traded for P.K. Subban. People are still hurt over that. They're still upset. Burn the jerseys. <laughs> there are people that... I mean, Montreal's upset, too. Uh, yeah, they are, because... They're looking- still upset. I work... Uh, part One of my hotels I work for, um, they've got a location in Montreal, so anytime I call up there, they know I'm a hockey fan, so we'll talk, and every single time, the conversation turns to PK, Subin, and Shea Weber every time. The exact opposite happened. Shea gets up there, comes out hot. Then about mid-season, nothing. Tapers off, playoffs, not very much. PK comes here. Tries to get the chemistry down, gets injured, it's is hurt. out for a while with a back injury. Mm-hmm. That's not that's a, not easy to recover from a back injury. It was a previously injured Pre- previous, area that yeah, got re hurt. Yes, and then guess what? Then he comes back middle of the season, starts getting better, rehabs. Towards the end of the season, he's looking fantastic, and then he comes out in the postseason and shuts down some of the best line pairings in the league. I mean, you're talking Taze Kane, Tarasenko, Kessler, Getzlaff. Malkin and Crosby, he he literally went through all of them. So, yeah, looking back, Montreal's like, mm, might not have been the best move, but considering that we lost a captain as well in that trade. Well, we talked about how Benino's going to be essentially replacing Fisher and for a, similar, for a similar money value. Well, he may or may not be a better replacement, but as long as he does scoring and points production, then there will be Benino problems in my book. Wow. Gosh. Well, you know, I should have take, seen that coming, Take Bino but. before and there'll be no gas. Is that Benino gas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I really, I don't know. I think you'll, it, it'll really come down to will the extra ice time for Benino here at the Preds as a second line, will that translate into even higher points than what we saw last year from him? Yeah, he's going to shine here more and than I he did. think I think we have to give it a year or two to determine if it truly was an upgrade from from Fisher to be honest because like I said, when he got that extra ice time, he looked great. He looked like he could almost be a number 1 center on another team. Yeah. So that said, if he he bumps up to the second line here and he's you know crushing it point-wise, it will be a total upgrade, and he's way younger, like you said, yeah. way younger. He's he's still pretty underrated, like you said, when he's playing for the Penguins with Crosby, Malkin. There's not any more love to go around for any other players. No, the spotlight is on yeah. them. So he's going to shine for sure down here, and I I really liked him even when he played for them. Like I said, we all did. So well, he was even out during the finals a little bit too. So it'll be interesting to see um, exactly um, how he can perform with the extra ice time. So I think we should talk about some other center guys. Yeah. Does this mean we're going to do another top five list? Yes, it is. As everybody's aware, the NHL has been providing some great off-season comment during our hockey drought. So last week we did our uh, our own version of the top 20 wingers, given our top five wingers. This week we're going to do our own version of the top 20 centers by giving you our own top five centers. And I promise this week I'm not biased. Uh, we'll see see. that's to be determined Kyle so what do you got for number one well let's first go through and give everybody what the top five centers were so there's a list of 20 
but the NHL and all their fanboyness decided uh-huh. that the top five centers were at number one, Connor McDavid, number two, Sidney Crosby, number three, Malkin, number four, Austin Matthews, number five, Nicholas Backstrom. So before we get into this list, what do y'all think about that? Uh, I mean, well, I can't say too I, much. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to read. I, there's too much information, Kyle. I can't give it away. I'm playing it tight to the vest, like the coaches do. Yep. We just oh. got to go through our list for you to see. I, I will say, I think this list was better than the last. Way list. Way better th- for sure. Way better than the the winger list. I mean, when you have Joe Pavelski at center on the winger list, you know it's struggling a little bit. So. All right, Kyle. Start us off with your number one. My oh, sorry, number, no, uh, number one, my number geez. five. Number five. He actually placed number fifteen on the list. No way. And that is Leon Drysaddle. Nice. Bumped him to number five. I do like Drysaddle. He was probably like sixth on my list. Spoiler alert. Well, so for the sixteen seventeen season, he had twenty nine goals, forty assists for seventy seven points, and he almost clipped a point per game. Wow, that's in- that's incredible. And then faceoff wise, you know, of course, when I look at centers, I think about assist and faceoff. That's to me, besides centers playing in the middle of the ice and you know trying to be the, you know that middle point when you know the wingers are trying to shoot in from the point. Um, I look at faceoff wins too. So for sixteen seventeen, he had nine hundred and seventy two uh, faceoffs. He won four hundred and seventy six for about a forty nine fifty percent average. So I thought he did a very good job. So. I think he deserves to be in the top five. People might disagree, but that's my top five. What about you guys? What's that's my top? top but that's five? my Man, that's my number just, number five. Yeah, my we're top messing five. this up. I already said, hey, what's your number one? And that was your number five. So, all right, my number five, Malkin. Wow, I know. Surprise, because it is a Pittsburgh player. But listen to some of these stats here. So he's played in the league eleven years. And he has put up a total of 706 career points overall. That's an average of 64.18 a year. Can't argue with that. That's a great track record for 11 years to be that consistent and play with Crosby. Right. Someone who is eating up a lot of the spotlight and the time. So to be honest, it's almost debatable. Is Malkin as good as Crosby as far as like point-wise, obviously the league is not going to go along with that because Sidney Crosby's their golden boy. Spoiler alert, Sidney Crosby has 65.16 points a year average. Only uh, one one goal or one point extra than Malkin. It's a little surprising. Matt, what is your number five? Yeah, I'll get into that a little bit later, maybe. We'll oh, see. okay, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Well, my number five is Tyler Sagan. Plays for the Dallas Stars. That is a excellent choice. That's right. Uh, last year he got 72 points. Uh, he, he's kind of steady Eddie. He's pretty consistent. I consider him the glue that holds the Stars together. <laughs> so, And he's just a personal favorite. I have a little bit of bias here. He is not quite as strong in the points as some of the other people on the list, but I really root for the Stars, and I like him. Like I said, he's consistent. He's someone who I think holds them together. So he's, that's who I pick for my number five is Tyler Sagan. Interesting, because he didn't make my list at all. just kind of forgot about him. So, all right, so let's go to my number four. So, the NHL said that Austin Matthews was number four. But my number four made was number 12. And I think, Matt, you'll like this. Jonathan Taves. Yeah, wow. Jonathan Taves for Kyle. That's interesting. I thought you'd want to burn his house down. Well, you know, uh, I'm just saying, Kyle... Might not be biased this episode. So he we'll did th- say he wasn't. He, I, I am impressed. I am very impressed. I'm glad right we now. got it on on record here. We did. So like from the 15 to 16 season, he had a drop in production, uh, point wise. So for 15 16, he had um, 28 goals, and then for 16 17, he played eight less games than he played last uh, last season. Well, two seasons ago now, which was 80 games. This last season, he played 72. He dropped to 21 points, uh, 21 goals, I'm sorry, 37 assists, but he averaged the same amount of points he had last season compared to the previous season, which was 58 points apiece. So, like I said, we talk about that I'm a uh, big person when it comes to faceoffs. Also, he's almost at a point per game, too. Faceoff-wise for this season, uh, he took 
1,552 face-offs. Wow. So a man. That's a, that's a lot of face-offs there. Yeah. And he won 852 of them. So the man's good at his job. That's like, that's a 55%. 55% awesome. win. That's incredible. And I was also just curious about his ice time. So um, the man's time on ice is 1,451 minutes in all situations. That's 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 some work. Yeah. The man's a workhorse. Why they put him at number 12? Just because he had drop in production from last season. I'm like, come on, guys. You're better than this. Get off your Austin Matthews uh, fanboy. Well, you kind of look at who's the face of the league, and you kind of say Sidney Crosby's one of those names, but Jonathan Taves is one of those as well. You kind of either fall in the Jonathan Taves camp or the Sidney Crosby camp, and now kind of the Connor McDavid camp. Awesome, you know, but he's one of those top five names who's who's universally league-wide known. You know, yeah. Like him or hate him, you have to respect him for what he does. What are you laughing at, Daniel? Speaking of number four, Connor McDavid. Hey, there you go. You know, here's so you the deal. you didn't want him at number one. No, I don't want him at number Whoa, one. Spoiler. Here's the deal. He's played two years. Much smaller sample size. So you're not on the Connor McDavid train. I'm not on it yet. Let's let's get about five, six years in and see if he's still averaging Fair the enough. points that he is. Because right now, I mean, great point production. Two years, 127 uh, points total. That's an average of 63.5 per year. Well, average, even though he doubled last year. Doubled. I know. And that's a huge spike, too. Yeah. Like, will he be able to do that every year? Probably not. I don't think so. That's I, that That's that first-year adjustment period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he came out storming it this last year. But also, I think he's going to have a target, too, as far as defensemen are concerned, coming into this next year, being the, the MVP point, you know, point producer. He is going to be targeted this year. And I do not think he will reach the same point production that he did last year. I don't think he will either because statistically he will be due for a regression. Sophomore slump? No, that's yep. not sophomore. No, this, this would be his junior, junior slump. Junior slump. So I don't know if that's a that doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, but well, we got the uh, what's it? The freshman fifteen, sophomore slump. The uh, what can you say for junior? I don't know about how the junior. We'll see what Connor first. does, and then we'll make up a term for that. So go ahead, Matt. Your number four. All right. My number four, I'm going to bet that you guys didn't pick this guy, but uh, some favoritism on my part. Kyle's playing it closer to the vest with the uh, more objective, and I'm going to be – I'm the loose cannon today. Oh, you're I'm going just, to fanboy? I'm just going whatever I want. No, no, not fanboy. I'm just going to pick – He's loose cannon. I'm loose cannon. My number four, Kyle, do you like shrimp? Oh, I do God. like shrimp. What about jumbo shrimp? Because number four, Jum- I got jumbo. Jumbo Joe. Joe yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good choice. I'll throw my phone. At you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? He's from San Jose. San Jose. Oh god, we can't talk tonight. San Jose. San Jose. He's from San Jose, so they got to have fresh shrimp there. You know. Yeah, he is a staple. He is a workhorse. Talk about aging gracefully. He is. He's the <laughs> that man. beard. The beard is awesome. On point. A big personality. He really put some uh, person. Put some personality in hockey for sure. Jumbo Joe. So why That's do you right. think he didn't make the top 20? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, he's been a staple <laughs> for so many years. I don't know. They just obviously aren't as hot on him as I am. And we talked about aging gracefully, being old and still being able to produce very well. And uh, another big bonus to me, if you, you guys kind of know my personality a little bit, uh, the definition of a manly man, that beard, that big and, uh, big and scruffy, uh, I'm gonna, he's just the man. He's a leader too. Especially for, sure. for the Sharks. Yeah, your, uh, eyes, I mean, your eyes just lit up talking about that beard. I wouldn't go that far. Well, you know, off-season when there was talks of the Predators trying to trade for him, I was like, granted, I wanted Joe. I did here. too. I, I mean, how awesome would that have been? It would have been but amazing But at the same time, he's a Sharks player. For sure. He is a Sharks player. Like, I don't see him in another jersey other than that teal colored, you know, with the shark on it and in the shark tank with, it just, it just didn't, it would have, been all wrong so it's like i was okay with him staying put and hopefully finishing his career with that organization yeah you look at that it's kind of like you're at the dealership looking at a nice new car like if you're looking at a lamborghini first thing you need to do is stop and respect that's that's the main goal you you can't handle that you just need to respect what it is the power it produces and that's that's jumbo joke right there he's just a power train a man's man he's been producing points for so long he's got to be my number four I like that choice. So, Kyle, 
What's your number three? My number three, going to give Matt some time to rant. My number three is Sidney Crosby. Oh, here we go. We're getting to the nitty gritty now. State your reason. I gave him middle of the pack because I thought that was the best place for him. I don't think he's a number two. Middle of the pack, eh? Yeah, middle of the pack, five-wise at least. I mean, he's a not a bad player. I mean, did I hate... Oh, God, no. <laughs> did I hate seeing him he's skate... Mediocre <laughs> he's mediocre at Middle of the pack. Yeah. Did I hate seeing him skate the cup around Nashville's ice? Yes. But the man is a good player. But I wish the NHL would get off their, like, almost like stalkerish, creepy way they obsess with him. It's because they can market him. To the mass community, so you can market well. PK Subban, you can market Connor McDavid. It doesn't always have to be uh, Sidney Crosby, but he's also winning championships. And it's whatever. I mean, I didn't realize that he's been playing since 2005. I mean, so I mean, this last season he got 12 years. He got 44 goals, 45 assists, 89 points. That's pretty good. I mean, that's doing your job as a center pretty well. I mean. I know that, um, let's see, who do you have for line mates here? Uh, Connor Sheary and uh, Jake Knitzel. I know they benefited from him, playing on his line. The man's good at his job, and I'm not going to put number one or number two, so he had to set number three for me. That might be a little biased, but. Just a tad. Just a tad. It's all right. So what's your number uh, three, Daniel? Well, one of you have already stated this person. Oh. And this might shock Matt even more. Wow. Number three, Jonathan Taze. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Why do you say wow? You guys do not like the Blackhawks. I'm surprised you can suppress I'm taking. I'm taking it much. all out. I'm taking it all out. And let me, let me just hit some of the stats here. Uh, obviously, Kyle, I think, touched on this a, a little bit earlier with his face-off uh, percentage win. But he's been in the league 10 years now. 717 career points. That is an average of 71.7. Five points higher than Crosby. You can't argue with with that. I I mean, Taze and Kane, that's a nasty lineup right there. Um, I am genuinely shocked at where he placed on that list. I thought for sure he would have been in top 10 um, of the NHL just because, one, it is the Blackhawks. The NHL loves the Blackhawks, so I thought that alone would have moved him up some, one or two spots. But um, I-, I think a very underrated player who gets out, uh, you know, outshined by Kane. It's almost like a Malkin deal with Crosby. Uh, I think that's almost the real story tonight. We all kind of picking the the second fiddle player to the the star yeah. player on the team who ironically enough these second tier or second fiddle players are having similar point production if not better than the spotlight player i think that means they're doing their job as a center your job is to dish passes to generating the generating those points and he's obviously doing it 71.7 average a year for 12 year, or sorry 10 years straight that's excellent track record that's why he's higher than like a Connor McDavid because you gotta you gotta put in the time and you gotta be consistent and he has been. Yeah, we, we talked about he's one of the poster childs for the NHL. I think it's almost a disrespectful to not have him in the top ten on this list. That's what I said. Got him at twelve. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he he's and, definitely and it's he's, simply he's because arguably, his production dropped this season. You've got Austin Matthews at four, who's just a nobody. No, he should have taken Austin Matthews' place. I thought he could have definitely been in the top five. A lock for top ten. There's no question he is top ten uh, center. It, that blew my mind when he was at twelve. That was one that just jumped out, and I was like, you know what? He deserves some credit. He, I mean, he deserves to be in the in the spotlight. But it's surprising. So, yeah, I actually stayed off Jonathan Taves on my list just because everybody knows I like Chicago, and I try to be a little unbiased to to them. Because I, I kind of speak, I speak very highly of them all the time. So it's interesting we kind of flip flopped on that role. You guys took uh, the Taves fanboy page, and and I I flipped the script. There's no it. fanboy. That's just stats. That's, yeah, yeah. He, you can't argue with it. I nope. mean, that is pure it's the production. Jonathan Taves fact page. Facts, facts by Matt. It's right. I mean it. This is you can't argue with it. And if you're producing like that, like I said, consistency is the key, and he has been consistent. So Matt. What do you got? 
All right, well, like I said, I, I stayed off Jonathan Taves on my list because I need a little more space to rant on my number three, which is... Are we going to hit him? Sidney Crosby. That's right. Number three. Number three. All right. Which I bet you were thinking I wasn't going to have him on my list at all. Uh, You know, I thought for a second you might leave him off, but then that would have been totally unbiased. Yeah. I or, thought about uh, it. It would have been, it would have been too biased. It, you can't respectfully have a conversation about top five centers and not discuss, uh, not discuss Sidney Crosby. I got some juicy information, some juicy oh, stats. He's been Googling this. That all we've day. not already given out. <laughs> right. No. We have not said some of these things yet, but uh, I just don't know if I want to divulge that information yet. I might wait on that for a minute. Um, but yeah, you can't dispute his place in history. One of the most points producing scorers and centermen. You just can't you just can't do it. But I'm not gonna talk too much about him because he's you know, not my personal favorite. Are you waiting player, for someone else to say his name so you can reveal all your roasting and all your jokes? Okay. I have to give him some respect. Sidney Crosby definitely is one of the best centers, has to be on my list. You're number three. Kyle. Oh fine. You're number two. My number two. And seriously, when I think of I know I said earlier when I started my list that I think center's main job of course is besides um face offs is you know assist and to me there is not a bigger assist workhorse than nicholas backstrom Backstrom. yeah that's that's really good this man spends this man spends 60 percent of his time with gosh i mean like one of the best shooters in the world which is uh, alexander alexander ovechkin and he's also got a tj oshi which i love too they're a great line that also helps his assist machine go up. By yeah. the way, if you have OV and Oshi that you're feeding to get goals, your assists are going to go up. So I will say that I think that his assists are kind of a product of his environment. He had, but he is dishing it, and that is the key. Backstrom had the second highest assist total for this season at 63 assists. That's insane. The man is just gets on the ice. Like we said last week, when he plays, he knows his job is you're giving the puck to somebody else. Take a <laughs> shot if you can get it and get a goal, but your job is to throw that puck to other people to get it out there. Shoot the J. So I was kind of like, number five, I was like, okay, I could see that, but I really think he should be number two just based on the fact of the number of assists that he got this year alone. I'm sure people disagree with me because I mean, I'm also a kind of a capitalist fan too, but I just think it's it's a fact. You, and I think he's also better than Sidney Crosby. So that's interesting, because my number two is Sidney Crosby. Number two, isn't that surprising? I have two Penguins in the top five. That almost hurt me. It almost hurt. But once again, are the Penguins paying stats. you for this podcast? Uh, no, <laughs> no, not anything underneath the table. So twelve years he's been in the league, kind of like you were saying, Matt. Um, he's he's racked up seven hundred and eighty-two total points. Average 60, uh, 65.16 per year. Um, he also did fairly well on his uh, face-off percentage, 48.2% last year. Not bad. The stats are good for Sidney Crosby, but I also think that he does bring to the table now that awesome playoff experience. He's a leader on their team. They look to him to produce. It's one of those, like, I don't like him, but you can't argue with results. And let's not forget that the Penguins had to tank to get him, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were on the verge of leaving Pittsburgh um, before they got him, and he resurrected the franchise. But that said, as much as I hate him, he has to be number two just for sheer consistency championship caliber. I mean, he he is a leader, regardless of what people say. He is the engine that drives the Penguins. He's a little engine that could. He's got a sick backhand. I mean, no one can... Yes, he does. I will give you that. His backhand is really nice. When he comes in and he flips to the backhand, as a a fan, you instantly get nervous. Like, edge of your seat, because you know that thing, he's going to elevate the puck on the backhand... One of Matt's pet peeves. He's incredible at it. I got to give him credit. He's number two. You know another shot he does really good that people don't seem to talk about very much? He does it once or twice a year. He goes behind the net. 
and he hits it off the back of the goalie and makes yes, it in. Yes, he always does that. He always finds he always finds one or two. That's a junkyard a dog goal if there ever was one hitting off the back of the goalie knocking it in. That that's incredible. You got to be a great sniper that's and creative. you have to be accurate too. That goes, like I said, all around he's got the whole package as far as skills. So the the only thing he's got going for him or don't have going for him is that he might be the most controversial, divisive player in the league. Love him or hate him. Outside of, it's got to be him, Patrick Kane, maybe P.K. Subban next, but Crosby's kind of the golden boy of the league, and <clears throat> you seem to either love him or hate him or hate to love him. One of the two, he's such a good player. We have to give him credit and respect, like you said, but I'm just not about what everybody else loves. Everybody else likes him, and it's just too cliche. You know what I'm saying? Like we stated multiple times, the NHL is definitely on that bandwagon, and they can market him very well. Um, that's why I think everyone loved the P.K. Subban-Crosby uh, matchup in the finals because you have two polarizing um, figures that cause a lot of controversies. A lot of people either hate them or you like them, and they're both on the same, like both teams have one of these players and they're going up against each other, and then there's back and forth, and then there's face washing, and then there's mouthwash and Listerine getting... Uh, it was great for the NHL. Like I said, give credit where credit's due. He's he's deserving of number two. Matt, what's your number two? All right, well, you know who's a fan of Sidney Crosby? My number two, Evgeny Malkin. That's two. I, I mean, I can't disagree. And I did put him above Sidney Crosby intentionally on my list. I, shocker, after I saw your reaction, after I said that controversial statement earlier. Right. Malkin. So Go here's ahead. where I'm going to dip a few. Uh, Nuggets of wisdom. That's right. Okay. From the old facts by Matt Well. That's right. I'm going to dip into the old knowledge bank here. Slap it up. Um, Malkin kind of plays second fiddle to Crosby. He's kind of the bridesmaid, never the bride. All right, everybody knows that. Well, the reason why I think Malkin is better than Crosby is even if you look from a, a stat sheet, if you look at being clutch, I think greatness is defined by how clutch you are. And if you're not clutch, and nobody says Sidney Crosby is not clutch, but Malkin is even more clutch. I mean, here's a stat for you. In the last five years in the playoffs, Malkin has had 76 points. Crosby's only had 74, which is which is right neck and neck. But the fact is, Malkin is even more clutch in the playoffs. That goes back to my point production. I mean, Malkin was on pace for him even in regular season. But you know how much I like clutch. I picked Justin Williams mm -hmm. last week. Right. I mean, I love clutch. And from a league standpoint, how much he's getting paid, Crosby makes... 8.7 million a year. Malkin makes 9.5. So actually Malkin makes more money than Crosby. And that seems that seemed a little uh, odd to me when I read that. I said, "Oh, I can't believe that he makes more money than Crosby does." So apparently there's something to that. If somebody's paying Malkin more, then maybe they think he's a better player too. That only makes a logical sense. And we talk about I mentioned a minute ago how people throw accolades on Sidney Crosby and he got the MVP last year for the playoffs and that irked me. And that irked me because I didn't think he should have got the should have got the MVP out of all the players that who did a good job. He's kind of the face of the franchise, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean that he played the best. Last year in the playoffs, Malkin scored 28 points and Crosby had 27. So if you look at points production in the playoffs, Malkin did more than Crosby. So that's a vote for him for the MVP book. Also, if you look at most goals, Getzel scored 13, Malkin 10, Crosby 8. Crosby wasn't only third in the list of goals last year for the MVP, or it's for the playoffs. Yeah. So there's one uh, most points, most goals. Those are two categories that Crosby doesn't even lead in, and so I don't know how he makes the MVP out. But that's what I'm talking about. He's so such everybody loved him so much and put these accolades on him. And he's he's a good player, but he might not be deserving of all those. And like I, I just gave you some a good list of reasons why Malkin's better, reasons why Crosby shouldn't have got the MVP last year. So that's why I have Malkin number two above Sidney Crosby. Well, that went perfect with what I said earlier about, hey, it's a controversial subject saying that Malkin is, in a lot of the instances, better than Sidney Crosby. But the league will not, will not accept that as far as a media nope, standpoint. because Malkin is not as marketable as Crosby is. It's a fact. So that said, Kyle, what's your number one? My number one is our favorite kid, Connor McDavid. Yeah. Oh. 
And no, the reason why, no. the reason He's why, drinking the juice, not drinking the juice. I'm just stating some facts here. Okay. So, out of all the center centermen for last season, he was number eight in goals with 30 goals for a centerman. But he led the league in points and assists with 100 points and 70 assists for the 16-17 season in centermen. That's insane. For that type of job, you have to give him number one. The man's just crazy good. And the fact he's on the line with Leon Dreisaitl makes him both compliments him fantastically. They lock that in this year, which kind of scares me a little bit because considering the amount of cap space they're taking up for those two players alone. But that said, definitely worth locking in dry saddle to help him out. And considering his ice time, so like last, the 15-16 season, he only played 45 games for 849 minutes of time on ice for all situations. 16-17, he doubled that. He played 82 games, 1,732 minutes in all situations. Just doubled his time on ice. And you can definitely tell because his 15-16 scoring record was 16 goals, 32 assists for 48 points. So he pretty much doubled what he was on pace to do last season, if he uh, 15-16 season, if he played all the way through. So I'm, you know, as I said earlier, I think he's going to be due for regression soon because you can't constantly post those numbers. You're going to have to slump eventually. It could be this coming season. It could be the season after. But I think he totally deserved the uh, – number one uh, for top 20 centers. So yeah, so that's my number one. What's yours, Daniel? All right, my number one might be a little controversial considering Kyle had a little bit of a bias last week, so I might have slight bias this oh, week, but okay. I have some stats to back it up. All I right, think Matt knows it. where I'm going. Who's yeah. your number one? And my number one pick is Rijo. <laughs> Ryan Johansson. So what you're saying is last week I was the fanboy for the Preds. Correct. Picking Forsberg. Picking Forsberg. And that now. was definitely. I got some strong facts to back it up. Hold on, hold on. Facts by Daniel moment. So, Ryan Johansson's played for six years with a total of 433 career points. That's an average of 72.16 each season. Sidney Crosby was averaging 65. Wow. That's that's some consistent, and he he's played six it's years good now. Company. Good company to be in, higher than Taze, your boy Taze. Oh, by ouch. by a full point. Then on top of it, he coupled last year with a regular season face-off win percentage of fifty-five percent, and he wow. carried it over into the playoffs, fifty-four percent. So he's averaging roughly you know fifty-four and a half for the entire year. That's incredible face-off percentage in my book. He's also an assist machine. He's also now locked in as a... He's going to be a leader for the Preds. For sure. Makes you wonder um, how good the Blue Jackets would have been if they were able to keep him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I think they were regretting that trade, too. Uh, obviously, <laughs> David Poyle has been really messing over the league here, uh, here recently with some of the trades. But it also... It really hurts me because... He gets injured in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that was a big... What uh, happens if we have him for the finals? And we have have that assist machine and the Jofa line is still intact and you have someone who's winning 55%, 54% in the playoffs. In the playoffs against the best players at the hottest time. You're, that's that's impressive to me. The playoff uh, faceoff win. You're talking about facing off against the best centers in the league, and still averaging 54 percent. Incredible. That could have turned the tide for us. Yeah, I always say kind of in the playoffs, you say, "Oh, so and so is hurt. Oh, Kevin Fiala's hurt." And I I was I remember I said this during the playoffs. I said, "Oh, Fiala's hurt." Good because if you had to pick a person to be hurt, you want it to be not your fir- not your first line, first line center. So you but, couldn't oh, have picked sh- later once he got hurt. That was the worst piece to get hurt for y'all. I I honestly thought once he went down, we weren't going to advance past the Western Conference Finals. I didn't either. And our team did show our depth. Once again, you got people like Freddie Goudreau and all these people stepping up. Augberg, it was one of those things that it was nice to see that we did have the depth 
to pull it out, but it obviously pulled it out hurt. somewhere. Yeah, right. but it obviously hurt us. Couldn't keep it going. It, it, it yeah. I mean, the stats: fifty-four percent against the best players in the world on face-off in the playoffs. He's a great point-producing uh, uh, machine, really, an assist machine. And then on top of it, he's been doing it for six years, so he has been pretty consistent. So I've tried to factor in everything, tried to remove the Predators' bias. He is the hometown boy, but the stats do back up that he is an excellent first-line first, first line center, and we could really build our franchise around him. I mean, I we will now with our contract. So, well, like you said, if you had him, you might be singing a different tune right now. But you know who also might be singing a different tune next year? My number one, Connor McDavid. Which no. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Kyle feels me on it. That's right. You kind of, oh, I just was stewing over this all day, this decision, and you know, then the controversy is him versus Crosby, really. Do you put another – we talked about awards at the end of the year and all these awards Crosby get and how McDavid got blah, blah, blah. Well, the big difference is do you put another feather in Sidney Crosby's hat or do you start putting it on Connor McDavid? And for me, like I said, everybody loves uh, Crosby so much. I'm going to put it in somebody else's camp. I'm going to start giving those accolades to Connor McDavid because he was that good this year. Now, it was such a small sample size. Go ahead. You're about to – No, I'm just saying be careful because you're a man – will turn into the Crosby that you hate. Yeah, yeah. And you know it's coming. The NHL, as soon as Crosby starts to slack off and get older, and then McDavid's in his prime now, whoop, I'll, I'll change it'll my drop story. off, and then guess what? Three years from now, you'll be like, oh, my God. Yeah, because I really liked, I have really been liking Dreisaitl the last year or two, and now that he's getting all the snow to variety, oh, come on, really, guys? Pick somebody else, because I like... Can't, you can't help it. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to so happen. So in, in a year or two, I will change my story. But for right now, I'm so off the Crosby train, I don't care who you're it is. You're so I'm off my, the Crosby train, you're on the McDavid right, train. Yeah, yeah, two, exactly. Two. He's, two, eating, two. he's eating McNuggets on the McDavid train. Wow. And that's a good way to shut it down for the night. <laughs> I think it is. Like it or love it, that's our uh, top five list for the week. If you guys want to interact with us, you can find us at musiccitygold at gmail.com. If you're more of the Twitter type person, we're on Twitter at musiccitygold. If you want to interact with me personally, you can find me at uh, you can find me at, at Kyle Hancock. Every time I do this, guys, I get my own Twitter handle wrong. <laughs> it's just inevitable. It's okay. You would think but, it's my name. I would know how to say my name properly. For listeners out there, Kyle struggles with the outro every week. We have probably 10 takes, but go ahead, Kyle. We're not cutting this one. Keep nope. going. We're going to keep going through. So that's it for this week. This is Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the ice. Music City Gold.